I, I thought this whole podcast was me interviewing you about why you're running a full node. Now you're just asking me questions and getting free advice. I don't understand what's yeah. going on. <laughs> well, I'm surprised that you're surprised. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Bitcoin Basics with your hosts, Faris and Gordon. Visit bitcoinbasics.help if you need help buying and securing your Bitcoin. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Welcome to another Bitcoin Basics podcast with your host, Gordon, that's me, and my partner in crime, Faris. Before we get started, let's do our proof recording. According to bitcoin.clarkmedia.com, the current price of Bitcoin is $42,085, and the current block height, again, all-time highs, and yes, I will use that joke until people get it, is 719,243. And $1 gives you 2,376 Satoshis. Uh, Faris, before we get started, you had a question for me. Uh, did I? About the tour number of tour nodes. Oh, no, we'll get into that later. Okay. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about a Bitcoin full node. And Faris has mentioned that. He wants to set one up. So I'm going to ask him about this insanity. But before we get started, what is a Bitcoin full node? So I, a few years ago, I heard someone basically on Twitter, not heard someone because, you know, we don't speak to people anymore. We read their comments. Read on Twitter, someone saying that if you are a true Bitcoiner, you should be running a, a full node. Now, essentially, a full node is as you heard uh, Gordon earlier mention the block height. So we're, you know, 760, sorry, just under 720,000 blocks mined in Bitcoin. So each block is a settlement of transactions. So a full node is you're basically downloading the entire, that entire history, that 720,000. Um, that is maintaining the database of everything that is, all Bitcoin transactions. So it is just under 440 gigs. So why would you download 440 gigs? Now you actually get no reward because you're not mining Bitcoin. You're not involved in getting those transactions to be processed. So you, you get no reward for it. The reason you do it is essentially, so Bitcoin is decentralized, which means um, let's just say that you had um, every Bitcoin node was running out of the United States of America. And you had a half a dozen running out of France. And for some reason, electricity and internet went out in all of America and all the computers were wiped clean. They lost all the transactions for Bitcoin. Well, that's okay. If France was unaffected, then you they could basically get back online by downloading the copies from France. Those six computers running in France still kept it going. So what a full node does is it's just keeping to date the settlement of accounts of everything that Bitcoin did. It's um, proof of work of the Bitcoin, all Bitcoin transactions that have ever taken place. So why would you download it? Uh, one is you're supporting the network. The more people download it, the more it just helps the network longer term. Um, but there's another reason as well, and that is it can actually help you if you are if you own Bitcoin and if you're transacting in Bitcoin, it can help with your privacy by running a Bitcoin node. 
Uh, before I get into that bit, uh, Gordon, how am I doing so far? If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, like, and share so we can find others like yourself. You're good, Faris. And I'm going to play, I'm going to ask the newbie questions. And there may be a lot of people here who have Bitcoin and they may even have a hardware wallet or a software wallet or use an exchange or whatever. And they're like, Bitcoin node, why the hell do I need that? Sounds complicated. Sounds scary. Sounds like a complete waste of time. What you mentioned is a very important point. Uh, it does give you significantly more privacy, but what does it do? Let's say I have a ledger hardware wallet. Why does running a Bitcoin full node give me more privacy? So let's say you are, you have a ledger and you want to send Bitcoins from your ledger to a separate wallet. Um, so let's say you want to sell your Bitcoins. So you go from ledger and you want to send them to an exchange to sell your Bitcoins. To do that, um, a block explorer would actually have to confirm that you have those Bitcoins in your wallet. So you're transmitting that transaction to a third party who's confirming it. And they confirm that transaction. So you're getting a third party involved. You're releasing the address of your wallet, um, the public address. Um, whereas if you were doing that through a node, what you could do is you could, and the, uh, this is probably more tricky than it sounds, rather than uh, using a third party to send your Bitcoins from your one wallet to another, you can send them directly to your node. So you set up your own node, and then you can set up your ledger wallet to transact directly with your own node. Now, that's something that I read, Gordon. I haven't gotten into the weeds as to how you do that or even if that's accurate information. So what's your take on that? I don't know. I'm a complete noob. You'll have to find that out for yourself. <laughs> no, I don't like you playing the noob. <laughs> in, my, in my line of work, my life, I go, that sounds complicated. I'll just ask Gordon. So <laughs> yeah, having you in my life has eliminated so much time and money. I can be in research. Yeah, you should be. <laughs> I just ask you. <laughs> um, no, you are, you, you're right. Usually, and again, we're going into the weeds, but I won't. Having a Bitcoin node is useful for all the things that you mentioned, for privacy, for verification. I think the key word is verification. You can verify um, addresses. And when you when it's time to send or receive something, let's say you have a ledger, it doesn't matter any wallet. Every single time, even if you open a wallet, you don't send or receive. Every time you open a wallet, that is phoning home base. So if you've got a ledger, a Trezor, or a software wallet, or in, obviously an exchange as well. Even if you're just opening your wallet, that's actually confirming your balances, your transactions with that wallet's provider. So in the example of Trezor, as Farah said, just opening the Trezor wallet, you're actually phoning home to Trezor's Bitcoin full node. Um, why do that? You know, Bitcoin is free and open source and pernicious. Why not just run your own node? So what you can do with pretty much most hardware devices and many software devices, you can set it up to not use the manufacturer's or developer's Bitcoin full node, but use your own full node. So as Farah said, um, the funds might be on the ledger device, but the verification is being done via your own Bitcoin node in your basement or at your house. So Gordon, with that, how easy or difficult is it to set that up where you go from your wallet to your own full node? Oh, that's extremely easy. So most software, for example, Ledger Live or Trezor or Colcard or whatever, um, enables you 
by default, it just uses the manufacturer's one, but in the options, in the advanced options, the configuration, there'll be an area for use your own full node and you just specify your IP address or whatever your full node is. Yeah, that's, that's pretty straightforward. Uh, Setting up your full node is another story. That sounds super technical and super uh, time consuming for us. Do you really want to do it? So there's another question that I was going to ask you. One is, I know you can, what you can do is rather than downloading to our, you know, 440 gigabytes as is, you can just download the last three gigs and, and all you need is three gigs to run to, so it just keeps the last three gigs. Kind of like, think of it like a video, a security video camera. Um, If it's running for a year, it only keeps the last week's worth of footage. So it's the same thing from my understanding, rather than downloading 440 gigs, you can do a light node where it just updates the most recent three gigs. So, Sorry, I, I, I have to interrupt there because it's not entirely true. So um, what you're talking about is running the Bitcoin full node and what's called a pruned mode. And you'll, you'll see mm-hmm. that word a lot. It's called pruned node. Um, you still have to download the um, blockchain. So it's called the initial block download, IB. So you still have to download 440 gigs or whatever it is up to now. I think it's yeah, and around about that. But after you've downloaded the entire blockchain, when it's up to date, you can then put it into what's called pruned mode. And it basically deletes all that data. And it keeps, I think it's around about three to four gigabytes. And it just runs in that prune mode. So essentially it just runs in, you know, a very sort of light mode. Okay. So with that, I know some of the stuff I've read this, they recommend you need to keep your computer going for at least six hours a day just to maintain the node. Um, so are there any benefits or disadvantages to, say, running your own laptop for six hours a day while you use it, or just having a secondary laptop sitting in the garage running the full node separately? I, I thought this whole podcast was me interviewing you about while you're running a full node. Now you're just asking me questions and getting free advice. I don't understand what's yeah. going on. <laughs> well, I'm surprised that you're surprised. <laughs> yeah. Um, I looked at Bitcoin.org. So Bitcoin.org slash full dash node, which I think is what you're looking at as well, Faris. Um, yeah. And I'll, I'll get into some alternatives because there's actually a couple of things you may want to consider to make things easier. But yeah, that, that's what you do. You get an old laptop. It doesn't matter. Old laptop, old computer. Um, one of my friends was running on an old Mac. I think it was one of the iMacs or whatever. I, I would say you'd need a minimum of 500 gigabyte hard drive um, for the initial block download. But after that, you don't need a lot. Don't try and do it on an external SSD or an external card or whatever. It's going to take forever. Because what happens when the Bitcoin blockchain is being downloaded, It then the CPU then needs to process all the transactions. So it's basically doing a replay from the Genesis block, block zero, right until the current day, it's actually replaying the transactions on your computer, on your free, on your Bitcoin full node. And so if you've got a slow CPU and a slow hard drive, that's going to take forever in a day. So um, an old computer is fine. I mean, I've heard some people it's taken three, four weeks. I tried it on a Raspberry Pi, which is a $20 piece of software. It's just got a normal SSD, like a one you use in your old cameras. That took me about two, three days, the download and, and the processing of transactions. Uh, but yeah, anything, a Mac, a PC, uh, whatever. Um, but yeah, have a decent hard drive. I wouldn't, 
I wouldn't use an, a spinning, those older kind of hard drives. If you can, yep. I would buy maybe a, a, an SSD, but that's not, it's not necessary. It just take a lot longer. And yeah, that's all you need. So Gordes, what's the security issue? Let's say you are running on a laptop and that has a full node. Let's say that gets stolen. That laptop gets stolen. Your Bitcoins are not compromised because they're not on there. Just, just a verification process. No, so is that correct? What what you're doing is downloading the blockchain. So let let's say there are twenty thousand. I don't know how many nodes there are at the moment. It's probably around about twenty thousand. Let's say there are yeah. twenty thousand full nodes. Well, your laptop or your old computer that you're running Bitcoin mm. full node on is just a one copy of twenty thousand. There's nothing personally identified. There's no personal history or anything like that. You have the same data as twenty thousand other Bitcoin nodes. That's how the blockchain works. It's um. 20,000 yeah, of I these that, computers. No, I just, I, I know some people get paranoid about losing their Bitcoin. So if you're running a full node on a computer and a computer gets stolen, nothing to worry about. No, and um, you can um, say it's the same with the hardware wallet. You you have your hardware wallet that gets stolen as long as you got your 24 words, you're fine. Same with yeah. Bitcoin full node. You don't actually store any Bitcoin on your full node. It's just um, downloading the blockchain. However, with one caveat, if you download the Bitcoin Core Wallet, so you go to Bitcoin.org and download their wallets, it will download like a Bitcoin wallet and it will do the initial Bitcoin uh, blockchain download. What a lot of people do, and I highly recommend not doing this, a lot of people use this as an actual Bitcoin wallet as well. So they're running a Bitcoin full node and they've got the GUI and it's looking pretty, but then they actually send and receive money with that wallet as well. I think that's an incredible security risk. Um, as you said, like if someone gets your hard drive or whatnot, it is encrypted, but here's the thing. When you are sending and receiving Bitcoin, your Bitcoin wallet, the file, which is actually called Bitcoin. Uh, sorry, wallet.dat, that file is actually open. So when you are sending or receiving Bitcoin through the GUI, that file is actually open. It's unlikely, but if someone got access to that file, yes, it's got a password. Yes, it's encrypted. Mm. It's not a great idea. So PSA, never, ever use your Bitcoin node as your actual Bitcoin wallet. Okay, good to know. And tell me, Gordon, what is a Bitcoin Core node? Well, that's Tor, what it sorry, is. Bitcoin Tor node. Oh. The Tor. Sorry. Well, we're on, I meant to ask you about Tor, but we're on Core. <laughs> what is a Bitcoin Tor node? Um, well, referring to our last episode when we went through the Tor mm. network, a Bitcoin Tor yeah. node is just a Bitcoin full node. Instead of running normally, it just runs over Tor. So it connects to the Tor network. And then before you've even done your initial block download, you're connected to the Tor network and all the other Tor nodes, all the other Bitcoin nodes, don't see your real IP address. Okay. Cool. Um, now, that's all I believe I had to consider for running a full node. Um, is there anything I have not asked you that I should have asked you? There are plenty of things, but I want you to discover them for yourself. <laughs> One of the things is uh, considering, and um, I think you're going... The, the vanilla way. The vanilla way is to go to bitcoin.org, download the uh, GUI wallet, 
Um, you probably want to install Linux. You can run it on Mac or Windows, but I, I, you know, I'm a huge open source uh, Linux advocate. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially what you're doing is grabbing an old piece of hardware, installing Linux on it, doing the Linux system updates, you know, making it secure, whatever, downloading the Bitcoin core node software, and then running that and waiting one to two days, one to two weeks, depending on your hardware, bang, then you've got a Bitcoin full node. But, you know, how do you connect into your Bitcoin full node? Um, How does it communicate? You know, it has to communicate, for example, I would run it over Tor, for sure. Um, How do you connect to it if it's at home or a different location? How do you actually connect into it? Blah, blah, blah. So it's not just Linux and a Bitcoin core node. There are other applications on top of it, whatever. Clever people have sort of set up a Linux distribution or what we call Linux flavor, which has all that stuff inbuilt into it. So it's Linux plus a Bitcoin core, plus Electrum server, plus Tor server, plus VPN, blah, 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 blah. And to I recommend, I'm not necessarily saying you should do it. To I recommend is Umbral. And you can go to getumbral, G-E-T-U-M-B-R-E-L.com. And the other one is mynodebtc.com. They essentially do what you're going to do, but they've already pre-packaged it, pre-processed it. Everything's ready to go. You just download it and you literally install it from a USB and it's pretty pretty straightforward. And, you know, it's just saving you 20 hours of work or whatever the configuration is. Of course, you have to trust them. So there's another layer of trust there, but they're using all open source and it's all transparent or whatever. So um, I'm not saying that you shouldn't go through the pain and agony yourself um, of doing it the Bitcoin core way. But um, yeah, you might want to just go to these, either one of these. I would suggest get Umbral. I kind of, I've used them and I like them. They're up to date and they're essentially, they do essentially what I would have done anyway. And they give you a whole suite of applications. And in the future, you want to do Lightning. They've already got a Lightning node already integrated into it. So you don't have to configure that. It's actually really cool. Um, get Umbral is pretty cool. It's DIY, it's free. Um, check it out. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Gordon. And just as a plug, guys, if anyone's interested in running not just a node, but if you're concerned about your digital footprint and your privacy online, please go to decentralized.help. We talked about this in our previous episode. This is a service that um, Gordon has set up where we've had a lot of people coming to us and say, yeah, I want to run, I want to buy Bitcoin. I want to store Bitcoin long-term but I also want to ensure that my I am the master of my own data. Um, and this is something, a service that Gordon set up where he basically shows you how you can still be online while not being visible or not having your personal um, IP address and a lot of other stuff that we tend to go on post online, which we are unaware that we do. So go to decentralize.help to find out about being a sovereign digital individual. Excellent. Thanks, Faris. And good luck setting up your Bitcoin full node. Perhaps we'll do a part two when you're in the middle of doing it and at your absolute worst. And I'll interview you and see how you're going. (laughs) Okay. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for watching or listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, subscribe and share so we can spread this educational content to others like yourself. Visit bitcoinbasics.help. Disclaimer. Any content provided by CoinCompass is for educational and informational purposes only and is not investment, legal, tax, or any other professional advice. 
A qualified professional should be consulted before making any financial decisions. CoinCompass will at times recommend certain products, services, and technologies, but these are opinions based upon our own or podcast guests' experience and not endorsements. We take no liability for out-of-date or inaccurate information, software bugs, manufacturing errors, technology misuse, or issues involving third parties. Visit coincompass.com for more information and please contact us.